It's time to pour a cup of tea and fall down a rabbit hole with us. You're listening to Six Impossible Things Before Breakfast with Jackie and Elsie. Okay. (laughs) Hi, Jackie. (laughs) Hey, Elsie. This is Six Impossible Things Before Breakfast. Um, We had some technical difficulties, so we had to start over. Um. We wanted to give a couple shout outs. Um, our friend LT sent us our first podcast gifts ever. And, and was, they were super awesome. They were super awesome. She sent us these cards that had, they were like vintage looking. Um, like a national park postcard. Yeah. And it said, um, it had, it's from like the Chattahoochee River and it had Bigfoot on it. It's really cool. We'll post it. Um, on our pages to show her we haven't even told her thank you <laughs> we, just we wanted to shout her out though <laughs> yeah um so this is this is us telling her thank you but we'll show her when we get done um oh and, and the sticker a, yeah some really really cool stickers it had sasquatch on it it's shaped like a diamond and it says i believe and then it had like a kind of like a banner thing that was like I think it said Blue Ridge, Georgia, right? Yeah. Daryl yeah, already cool. tried to steal it because he's got a thing about stickers. So I was like, uh, no, that's my sticker. Back off. And then uh, our friend Jenna has made us a new, like, logo cover art thing that we might switch our logo to. And it's really, really super cool. Really good. She makes good stuff. Yeah. So we are having a pretty good day as far as that goes. Yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> It's always fun to get presents in the mail. It and is. on Facebook. It's so exciting. Um, do you want me to go ahead? Oh, I wanted to talk about the staircase because I know you haven't watched it, but I can't talk about it with anybody else. I'll at least talk about it. I and just haven't had time to watch it yet. I mean, I know you know the story, but yeah. um, I've watched all 13 episodes. Some of them I've watched twice. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I just can't, I know, like, everybody, like, I, in my heart, I think he's guilty, like, I think he has to be guilty, but Mm -hmm. there's so much doubt there that I don't know how he ever got convicted, and it pisses me off, because I don't think that the prosecution showed jack shit. It's just just that thing, too, where it's like, obviously, you want a guilty person to go to jail. Right. But... You don't want to slip into this thing where it's like we can just be tossing motherfuckers in jail for any well, old reason. Right. And it's like That's scary. I have doubt. Like what if what if he's not guilty? Like, yeah, it's incredibly coincidental that there were two women that died on staircases around him. But I just I just don't know. I don't know. And it's like he is very he does seem very pompous and very arrogant. But it's like, just uh-huh. because you don't like somebody doesn't mean that you can just send them to jail. Right. And some people just don't have people personalities. I mean, no. there are just some people that Well, and like the that. whole family is kind of odd like that. Like his ex-wife was older right. and she's very pompous and talks like that. And I couldn't stand the prosecutor. There's this woman that was a prosecutor and you could just hear when she's talking about the bisexual stuff. Like, you could just hear the disgust in her voice. Like, she just seems yeah, that like would a turn me off too. terrible person. 
And I actually looked her up after because I just couldn't stand her. <laughs> like now she's had like two DWIs and she works oh my for God. cleaners now. Like she's not even in the justice system anymore. But anyway, it's just driving me crazy. And I'm like, I try to get my husband to watch it. And he's just like, this is not my thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get why you are so I'm like, it's fascinating. How can you not think it's fascinating? But anyways, you need to watch it so we can discuss it in, in depth. Well, um, and I really want to watch um I think it's Evil Genius. Oh yeah, I know. I haven't watched that one yet. I actually forgot the, about the bomb collar. I've been so wrapped up in the staircase. I need to go back and watch Evil. I Genius. want to watch both of those so bad, but I just have not had time. I know. I watched it. We went to the beach with my parents and my sister, and like at night when I was in the bedroom trying to get my son to go to sleep, I would watch it, <laughs> and I just got really into it. Um, right? Yeah. So as far as that goes. Uh, do you have anything you want to talk about, or do you want me to just kind of launch into our questions? Uh, I can't think of anything that struck my fancy this week as far as Indiana true crime. Okay. <laughs> um, I feel like there's something that happened, but I can't remember what it was, so I'll just save it. Okay, so question number one. Have you ever done Bloody Mary or played with a Ouija board? Yes. To yeah. both. Uh-huh. I don't. I don't know that I've ever done Bloody Mary, but I have. I used to own a Ouija board, and nothing ever happened. And I, it's probably still in my parents' house, to be honest. But I always thought it was like stupid to be scared of something that you could like pop the plastic out of the planchette. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's made by Parker <laughs> Brothers. If I found like a gross, old, creepy antique one, I'd probably be more uh, weary. Right. But, like, yeah, same thing. It, like, I, I mean, it does creep you out, but it's just, like, the whole thing behind it. You know, it's not. Right. And I feel like now, I, I don't know that I would play with one now, like, especially in my house with a, when I have kids. But It's one I, of those things I don't really where it's, like. I think it holds that much water to me, which is probably, like, a big no-no to say. But of yeah. all the things I believe, I'm not really worried about the Ouija board. I just don't, I mean, we played with one when I was in, like, high school. Right. I think I was in, like, junior high. It just, like, never, you know what I mean? Nothing creepy ever was that, you know, we never caught anything creepy. So yeah, we didn't like, either. And I feel like I'm just too much of a chicken shit to do Bloody Mary. <laughs> I oh, know. I was scared. I don't know why. Like death. I, just, I don't know why I didn't. I, I, yeah, it's. I was scared to death. I don't know why I did it. It is one of those things that it's just like, mirrors are creepy. And, yeah, Period. it's just, yeah. I don't know what it is about. And it's dark and the candle and you just, like, by the time you're done, even though nothing's happened, you're just like, I got to get the fuck out of here in case yeah. something does. It's just that what if. I don't Have know. Have you ever seen that paranormal activity? Like, 30? I don't know which one of it is. <laughs> I think I only but saw the first two. There's like these little girls and they play it. Something shows up and it's, it's creepy. But, um, okay. So number two, and I don't know if I've asked you this one or not, but, um, which unsolved murder fascinates you? Oh no. <laughs> there are so many. Well, I'll go and you can think about it. Okay. 
so right now it's the staircase <laughs> but <laughs> i mine changes constantly um and i mean like you know there's the obvious like john Bonet's and things like that but um i think there's that one about darley routier and she's the one that killed her or she allegedly killed her kids and then got her throat slashed but they don't really know what happened and she's in jail in texas you know she's the one that did the oh uh, yeah 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 the silly string on the grave that yeah, one i would just was... like to know what happened yeah that would be an interesting one to know there's a lot of things that i just want to know like even if i have an idea of what happened i want to know what happened you know right because sometimes people are just really unlucky. I, right, I true. Know. But, um, and I know there's several, but after we get done recording, I'm be like, I should have said that one. I know. One that I feel like a lot of people don't know about, and I forget this woman's name, Amy something. I'm sorry. I read a book about her a oh, long time ago. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I, I think, think I have mentioned this to you before. Uh, she, like... She went missing, and, like, <clears throat> I can't remember how long after, like, her mom got these calls, and they thought maybe bikers took her, and they've never solved this Is she the case. one on the cruise ship? No. Oh, okay. That's the one she, I thought you were talking about. This one is, this girl, I think she lived in, like, it was somewhere weird. I obviously don't know that much about it. So, and I'm like, yeah, I love it. But she, her name was definitely Amy. And she, they thought like she had been kidnapped during bike week in like North or South Dakota or something like that by a biker gang. And like her mom never stopped trying to find her. Like it was really a sad thing. That is sad. The Springfield three is another one that I think is, it's that sort of be. like that. And it's kind of a one that. It always sticks out in my mind. I'm sure we'll probably do the Springfield 3 at some point. Um, okay, number three. What would you pick in a zombie apocalypse as your weapon? Oh, God. I'd probably go Michonne style, like a machete or something. Yeah. I want to say gun, but, I mean, guns run out of bullets. That, yeah, and that's the thing is, like, you've got to <clears throat> then suddenly fight for ammo, too, and if I don't need to use ammo, I'd rather not. Yeah, I like think if that crossbow or uh, machete oh, is dude. the way to go there. Yeah. Even though I probably could them. shoot a crossbow. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm sure you could probably learn pretty quick in, in a zombie apocalypse situation. Um, okay, are you Amy Billig. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Amy Billig. I don't know much. Like, that sounds so familiar, but I'll have to look into it. It's you, it's a good one. You should do it sometime. I should because I really like it. Okay. No, you know what I mean. Oh well, yeah, of course, of course. Um, also, I forgot that we were going to um, at like once a month, you were going to pick mine and I was going to pick yours. Ooh. So I forgot anyway, about that. We'll talk about that. Um, yes. Okay, so number After four, podcast meeting. are you superstitious about anything? I feel like I'm superstitious about everything. <laughs> yeah, I like to think, I, I always say, I like that Michael Scott <laughs> main, it's not like, I'm not superstitious, superstitious. I'm little stitious. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty superstitious, I think, about things. Like, I don't want to walk under 
ladders or break mirrors or anything like that. My weird one that my parents had and for some reason still I still don't do is that it's bad luck to open an umbrella in the house. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, to this day, I just won't – I don't let anybody do it. Yeah, it's – And yeah, I don't know why. One. I don't know. I don't know why either. I don't know what it's supposed to do, but I just know it's bad luck. They just say it's bad luck. I don't – Okay, so I had six written down, but I think we'll just do four, and then I'll save the other two because the other two are kind of involved. Um, <laughs> I think it's me this You week. first? Yeah. Because I did last week, I did Daniel LaPlante, and I think I went last. You did. Okay. So. Because I had not heard that, and I was like. I know. That's a crazy one. I I love that story. And it's not even that I love the murder part of it. I just love the the creep factor beforehand. Um, Yeah. But this one, I wanted to go a different direction because I keep doing true crime. And, um. Like, my first love in everything is, has always been paranormal. So, I wanted to do something weird. And I am, like, incredibly obsessed with pop culture and Hollywood. And so, I kind of went direction. And I was looking up all these haunted stories. And I found Griffith Park in Hollywood. And there's Ooh. so much to it that I just did my whole thing on Griffith Park. Um, so, here's the history behind it. It's... um. One of the country's largest urban parks, it's 4,210 acres, and it's the second largest city park in California, and it's located in Los Feliz. Um, there's a lot of attractions there. Like, there there used to be a zoo and a merry-go-round, and there's an observatory. Like, there's a lot of things there, but most of it's fairly rugged. Like, it's fairly, right. you know. Um in the 1800s, the park, before it was a park, obviously, it was a vast ranch, and it was owned by this bachelor, and his name was Don Antonio Feliz, and he lived with his housekeeper and his niece, and her name was Petronila. And in 1863, he was dying of smallpox, of all things, when yeah. Antonio Coronel, who was a politician, came to draw up his will, and... After they left, Cornell and his lawyer claimed that Fela's left everything to him, and it mm. cut out his niece completely. So, Petronella was furious, obviously. And she said, the substance of the Fela's family shall be your curse. The wrath of heaven and the vengeance of hell shall fall upon this place. So that's kind of the legend. She kind of cursed the land is basically what the legend is. So over the she next so 30 pissed. years. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Shady. It's The whole thing was shady. So over oh, the yeah. next 30 years, the property was kind of passed around, changed hands a lot. And all these men, like, met terrible ends. Um, Cornell quickly gave the ranch to his lawyer. And his lawyer was shot and killed while celebrating the sale of the property's water rights. The next owner turned the ranch into a dairy farm, and it was destroyed by wildfires and insects, and all the cattle died. Good God. Yeah, like it's – wildfires are kind of a theme here. And it's California, so, I mean, there's there's going to be wildfires, but it's, it's crazy. So, so, like, losing your whole ranch or yeah, whole farm, yeah. So, Griffith J. Griffith – 
is kind of the main guy here. And he bought the land in 1882. And he actually only bought 4,071 acres of it. The previous owner's estate kept the remaining acreage. And it later became part of a Hollywood ostrich farm. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, no. It later, I, I wrote this down weird. It later became part of Hollywood. But J. Griffith, J. Griffith, built an ostrich farm on this land. So, yeah, it's bizarre. So a storm came through and ravaged, like, most of this ranch. And the ranch hands claimed that they saw the ghost of Felis riding the waves and, like, cheering the destruction of this ranch. It's probably um, like, that's what you get, stupid, for turning right. this into a... And they're kind of seen a lot. Like, Felis and Petronila is... They're, they're both kind of seen a lot. Um, she was also said to be seen. Uh, in 1891, Griffith was shot by a business partner, but he survived. Um, so after all this, Griffith is like freaked out by this. <laughs> and he would only visit it during the day. And uh, in 1896, he decided he'd had enough of it. There's, you know, it's too much, and he started donating it to the city of Los Angeles, like, piece by piece. <laughs> and they were like, wow, thanks for this haunted-ass land. Right. Whatever will we do like, with this? You're just going to give it to us? Okay. That's sh- shady. So, in 1903, Griffith nearly killed his wife. He shot her, and he was sent to prison. Good God. And the thing was, is he was always reportedly a sober man, but the incident was recorded as alcoholic insanity. So that's kind of a weird thing. Um, Griffith died in 1919. In 1933, 29 civilian corpse workers, core workers, died in a wildfire. You said corpse workers, and I was like, picture <laughs> <laughs> zombies, like, meandering around. I know. As soon as I said it, I was like, that's not right. Um, they were crushed to death by a falling tree, and 150 of them were injured in this what wildfire. The fuck? I know. It's just like a thing after thing after thing. So in World War II, after Pearl Harbor, the park became a holding center for Japanese Americans on their way to internment camps. Um, oh. From 1941 to 1942, 550 Japanese Americans were confined there. In 1961, this is kind of just telling about the weird past, and then I'm going to kind of go back to some of the stuff. In 1961, a wildfire burned 814 acres and destroyed eight homes on the land. Um, In May 2007, a wildfire burned 117 acres and destroyed the bird sanctuary. Um, And now we kind of get into the weird stuff. So... It was already pretty weird. I mean, yeah, this is like the paranormal, (laughs) more paranormal stuff. So in 1976, there was this couple. I don't know how young they were, but I'm assuming they were young. And they were fucking on a picnic table. (laughs) There's no other way to say it. And a falling tree crushed them. And this was supposedly happened on Halloween. Um, Well, it's like, I mean... Are you asking for trouble by doing that on Halloween? Though? Well, yeah, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a weird thing. Well, and supposedly <laughs> the picnic table is still there. 
And supposedly this couple was cremated and their remains were spread in the park, which I don't know why you would do that. What? But that's the way the legend goes. So, um, then the workers, you know, they came in and they began clearing the tree and one worker started having cold spells and he heard moaning and he saw this tree like violently shake. (laughs) So he ran his truck (laughs) I know this. This is I'm all legend. Yeah, he ran to his truck and he he saw like on his you know window mm-hmm. in the fog. It said "Next time you die" and it appeared in front of him like letter by letter. Ugh. So the next day, his supervisor went to clear the tree and he never came home. And he was found dead the next morning, and his chainsaw was bent into a u-shape like the well, that's the sketchy. blade was bent his hands were injured and his fingernails had been broken off and it appeared oh. that he had been dragged 15 feet like his fingernails were you know he was like trying to dig into the ground dig in yeah right so in 2002 a park ranger reported seeing two sets of red eyes and a voice whispered leave us alone <laughs> and he smelled I can't even do that without feeling hokey. And he smelled <laughs> a smell of death and he passed uh, he passed out. Something had like scratched his chest and when he came to he had next time you die scratched into his chest. Good lord. I know. So let's get into kind of the, the bodies and crime of this whole park. Um in 2012, these women were around the Hollywood sign, and they found a severed head wrapped in a plastic bag. The following hmm. day, investigators recovered both hands and feet. The fingerprints identified the body of Harvey Medellin, who was 66. Rumors circulated that he was murdered by Mexican drug cartel, but he was actually murdered by his living boyfriend. Um Gabriel Campos Martinez was his name, and he searched on his computer how to butcher a human carcass for consumption. Oh, the day after Medellin was last seen alive. So he is currently serving 25 years to life. Um, a man's body was found in 2015. Levi Mos- Moskowitz was apparently he apparently committed suicide after being convicted convicted. Convicted <laughs> of meeting minors for sex. Um, in 2010, a man's skull was found on Skyline Trail. It, he may have been in the park for more than two years, and no other remains have been found of his. Um, the Hillside Stranglers often used Griffith Park as a dumping ground. Yeah. Um, let me see. And these are just some of the bodies that I've found. One year, during a 15-day period, six bodies turned up. So good this is like God. a popular place. Just good vibes. To dump a body. Right. Because it's so remote. And, like, you're out here in L.A., so, I mean, where are you going to go? You're going to go to this big, gigantic, remote park. Um, Griffith Park employees no longer patrol a nightly search for vandalism because it's just too great of a risk. Um, they're instructed not to linger after dusk. And there are several haunted locations, and we'll talk about some of them, but the specific ones are the Hollywood sign, which were com- was completed in 1923, um, 
it was originally Hollywood Land. It was a uh, advertisement for a real estate company. <clears throat> so in 1920, from 1923 to 1949, it said Hollywood Land. Uh, it was repaired in 1949, and that's when they dropped, you know, land. That that was kind of the the deal was that they were going right. to drop the land. Um, by the 1970s, it was in disrepair again. So Hugh Hefner gathered donors to replace it. And you could buy a letter for $27,777.77. And it's a weird number. I know, and there's a reason it's that number. And I can't, I didn't write it down and I don't remember why. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. So the eight was Hugh Hefner himself. The O was bought by Giovanni Mazza. He was a Italian movie producer. The L is Les Kelly, um, who invented or who created the Kelly Blue Book. Another L was Gene Autry. Um, the Y is Terrence Donnelly, who was a, a Hollywood newspaper person. Uh, the W is singer Andy Williams. So some of these, you like, the letters correspond with their names, obviously. Right. Um, one of the O's is Warner Brothers Records. Another O was Alice Cooper in memory of Groucho Marx. <laughs> uh, I know, it's so interesting. Uh, that's why I wrote all this stuff down, because it's really not pertinent, but I just thought it was interesting. And the D is um, Dennis Latke. Litke? Litke? I don't know. In memory of Matthew Williams, who was a businessman. Um, so the haunting of the Hollywood sign. Peg Entwistle mm -hmm. was kind of a starlet. She moved. She moved to Hollywood in like 1932, and she, you know, she wanted to be the next big thing. This was like the golden age of Hollywood, and she was really beautiful. Like she really was. Um, her first big role was in the movie 13 Women, which was, I think, I want to say it was the first movie that it was kind of a woman ensemble, you know, like it was carried by women. Um, her scene was cut a month before her death. <clears throat> she was staying with her uncle, like she was living there when she moved there. And on the night of Friday, September 16th, 1932, she left her uncle's house. She told him she was going to go to the drugstore and then she was going out with friends she was reportedly intoxicated. She hiked to the sign, climbed a rickety maintenance ladder to the top of the H, and leapt off. Two days later, a woman hiking found a woman's shoe, a purse, and a jacket. And she looked inside the purse, and there was a note. And the note, like the purse and the note, it all smelled like perfume. And her note said, I am afraid. I am a coward. I am sorry for everything. If I had done this a long time ago, it would have saved a lot of pain, P.E. Uh, the hiker then looked down the mountain and saw the body. So the note was published in the news because they didn't know who it was. Um, the note was published in the news, and her uncle realized it was probably her, and he identified her body. And the cause of death was multiple pelvis fractures. Oh. <clears throat> I know. It's terrible. It's a terrible, horrible story, and I'm sure, like, her story is so many stories. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know. Um, the ghost stories began in the 1940s after the same H just mysteriously fell, fell over. A young couple in the 90s saw a disoriented blonde woman dressed in clothes from the 30s 
and then she vanished and they didn't even they had never even heard of peg and whistle like they just saw this uh many rangers report seeing her and she's typically accompanied by the smell of gardenia perfume the same scent the hiker reported when finding the body um now we're gonna get to the old zoo Oh, man. This and you exciting. have seen, this is very interesting. You'll you'll appreciate this. You have seen the old zoo in the movie Anchorman when they go and Get they fall in. Get out of here, it, panda yeah. jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and they fall in. That is Griffith Park Zoo. Okay. Um, so the old zoo opened in 1912, and it was built on the site of Griffith J. Griffith's ostrich farm. <laughs> and they opened with a total of 15 animals. So they expanded in the 1930s. And um, I don't know if you know what the WPA is, uh, the Works Progress Administration. What happened was in the Depression, which I'm like completely going off script here, and I'm trying to remember my history training so I could get this all wrong. <laughs> in the yeah. 1930s, when the Depression was raging, I think it was Roosevelt. Do not. I would not know. So (laughs) he created the WPA and it was basically to give people jobs. So that's why a lot of highways were made. A lot of like things like that. A lot of public works came about because of the WPA, because it was hiring all these people who were out of work to get jobs. Okay. So it was, this was expanded in the 1930s by the WPA. Um, Cause you know, of course, the park is owned by the city of Los Angeles. Yeah. Most of the enclosures are built into the caves with iron bars. By the 1950s, it was considered outdated and ugly, and the city closed it, and they decided that's when they created the Los Angeles Zoo in a different location. Wow. Um, the enclosures are left as ruins with the bars removed, and a picnic area is created. And from what I can tell, you can still go. And picnic in the old Griffith Park Zoo. Um, you know, I think I'm going to skip out on that one. I don't know. I think it might be fun. <laughs> um, but during its existence, it was plagued with problems, of course, as all zoos probably were. Can you fucking in imagine a zoo? Century. <laughs> it was probably just a fucking mess. Oh, my God. A nightmare. A nightmare. So during the flood of 1934, the zoo's bears escaped. <laughs> of course and um one bit a worker trying to capture it hmm. uh, in 1937 the zoo superintendent byron c gibson rescued a privately owned monkey from an attic like an, a, a monkey from somebody's house broke into the <laughs> and was found in the attic um prince the baby zebra was found with a broken neck after crashing into a fence during a storm, a baby oh, bear was also killed in the exact same manner or died in the same manner. So, I mean, it's just a nightmare. Um, a leopard supposedly died after died of fright after an injured paw. And I never found anything else about that. I don't know. I don't know how you die of fright after an injured paw, but whatever. Yeah, um, that's weird. Rufus was a 625-pound <laughs> lion, and he was moved to a new enclosure with a mope. So before, he was just behind the bars, but then they built him this, you know, like like you see today. 
Yeah. Uh, the lion attempted to jump the moat, and he was three feet short, and he spent the night in the moat before being rescued, and they didn't know what to do. Like, they spent, like, a day just trying to figure out what the hell they were going to do with this lion. Um, <laughs> this is going to get, this is where it gets kind of sad. Accusations of animal neglect. Penguins were suffocated by chlorine fumes. Monkeys were supposedly beaten with clubs. Um, The most popular animal was a polar bear named Ivan the Terrible, and he brutally killed three other polar bears. And one fight, apparently he battled for 80 minutes before someone stepped in and shot him with train guns. Okay, it's like, sir, do you understand that you're going to be rare someday? Can you, like, stop killing? <laughs> Don't be an asshole. I Ivan. Mean... Ivan the Terrible. Um, lions became sick after World War II. Like, World War II, they couldn't get beef, so they fed them horse meat. And they, oh. be- they became sick because they weren't used to that, obviously. Um People reportedly see the apparition of a woman, and they say it's probably Petronila, and they hear animal sounds, um, you know, in the distance or whatever you can hear. Yeah, but animals. how fucking scary is that, like, when you think about it? Like, <laughs> you're a lion in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, that's you, pretty Like, you're scary. not, it's not going to be like, ooh, roar. Like, it's going to sound like a fucking lion, and it's going to, that's terrifying. Like, right in your ear. Oh. Yeah freaky okay so um the merry-go-round is also famous it was built in 1926 and it inspired walt disney to build disneyland um interesting you have seen it in have you ever seen the movie teen witch i don't think so okay well it's in teen witch it's also in buffy the vampire slayer the movie when she goes have you ever seen that one I don't think I watched that one either. Okay. Well, there's this part where she runs after the basketball player, and she runs him into this park, and there's this creepy merry-go-round, and that's the merry-go-round. It's also in, you know, various TV shows. I bet it's the one that was in, like, freaking, um, there's, what, what the fuck was that show called when I was a kid? Like, Are You Afraid of the Dark or whatever? Oh, I'm sure. It's. I'm sure it was. It's 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 a pretty major one. Um, the honorary mayor of the park, which I don't even know what the hell that means, but there's an honorary mayor, mayor like oh, like he's the mayor of the park. I thought you said mater, and I was like, um, <laughs> like he's, the car. <laughs> yeah, the, the mater, the mater of the park. <laughs> he's like, oh gosh. Um, <laughs> He's seen a ghost of a man, and so have many others. And I don't know if they're – they kind of alluded that it was Walt Disney, but I don't know if that's really true. Um, the Observatory and Travel Town Museum, there are various entities there. There's been a young girl reportedly – she w- was lost, and she succumbed to the elements in the park, and she's reportedly seen. Um, and now we get to the Beast of Griffith Park. Mm, this sounds scary. Yeah. I, I saved it for the last because I thought it was scary. So a creature has been rumored to be in Griffith Park for decades. 
2003, three men said they saw a creature with green skin and red hair, long legs and feet, its back bent, a long neck, and black eyes. And all the men, they separated the men and asked them to draw the creature, and they all drew the same creature. Uh, They said that it chased them through the park. Uh, An 11-year-old boy said he was chased by a large coyote. And then he saw another kid and warned that kid, and the kid handed him an old firecracker, like a looked like an antique firecracker, and said thanks. And he disappeared into the bushes. And this kid was like, "Wait a minute! You're, like you're going right towards it or whatever." And so he followed him into the bushes, and the kid had disappeared. Um, the movies that have been shot in Griffith Park. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Um, when they go through the tunnel into Toontown, uh-huh. that tunnel is in Griffith Park. Um, Jurassic Park. I think the observatory was filmed for Jurassic Park, which is my favorite. Um, Transformers <laughs> has been filmed there. Freaks and Geeks filmed there. Terminator. Rebel Without a Cause. Um Anchorman, of course. The Batcave is... The Batcave is there? Yes. Um, La La Land was filmed there. And Back to the Future Part 2, they go through a tunnel, and that's also the Griffith Park Tunnel. Um, That's pretty badass. Yeah, it's really cool. That's all I've got for it. But I just thought it was like, that's like, I had never heard of any of this. And I thought it was like the coolest thing. I was looking for old no. Hollywood creepy stories, and I was like, holy shit, I've got to do this park. Like, so much just happened in this one little park. Yeah, it's little park. That was nuts. Yeah. Big park. <laughs> but that is the history and the creepy shit of Griffith Park in Hollywood, California. Hollyweird. Hollyweird. Keep That's... it weird, Hollywood. They do. They do. <laughs> That's interesting. I had never heard of a lot of that. I know. It's really cool. And, like, I figured I'm going to have to do – I'll probably do several Hollywood things, but um, – Yeah, that's kind of your jam. Yeah, so that was kind of my first – the first of the series. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready for drink. mine? Yes, I'm ready. I'll take drink up because this is going to be – it's a weird it's one. just Coke, so <laughs> it's nothing hard. Okay. Okay, I had to get to drink, too. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, if I can get my drink down here. So mine kind of falls into a lot of different categories. Um, I mean, I guess it could be considered true crime. More than anything else, it's just fucking weird. And... It always catches my attention whenever I see anything about it. So I'm just going to jump right in. I'm not even going to tell anybody what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> so it's October 1980. Picture Dan Rather. 19. Say 19. You know him. I, I, you kind of cut out when you said 19. What year was it? 86. 1986. Okay. 86. Yeah. So Dan Rather. You know him. He's kind of a big deal. <laughs> you know him. You love him. He's the voice of the resistance. <laughs> the man, the myth, and the legend. 
So <laughs> he had just left his friend's apartment where they'd had like a nice low key dinner and he's walking home alone down Park Avenue. Uh, I think that's in Manhattan. Yeah, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, toward toward his building and he's chased down and beaten by two well-dressed men and it wasn't just like them pushing him around like they were legitimately kicking the shit out of him and he ended up having to go to the hospital for this attack like they hurt his jaw he had multiple bruises around his back like he really got his ass whipped holy shit so they didn't stop this beating until the building's superintendent, and that is not my word. It came from the article. I'm not <laughs> sure what it means, but I'm assuming it's like a building manager. He's like a it's like a landlord. Like he takes care of everything in the like the tenants and yeah. all that. Okay, like that's, that's kind of what I thought. If your toilet backs up. Okay, so they call. Or the, he ran out there and sees them and goes to help, and they see this guy, and they, I, I'm assuming he's kind of a big dude. They stop and flee. And so Dan gets up. He's able to get up and stuff and calls the police, and they come out to talk to him, and he gives the story, and it's just super weird. Um, he says he has no idea who the men are, like couldn't have – he didn't know their names, but had never seen these dudes in his life. And he said that they had repeatedly asked him one question, Kenneth, what's the frequency? And, like, they were screaming it at him over and over while they were just beating the shit out of him before running off. What the fuck? So he had also had money on him, and he was dressed nice during the attack, but they didn't attempt to rob him or anything. Um I mean, they didn't do anything but beat the shit out of him and then run off. And the cops are confused and Dan Rather's confused and no one has any answers as to why this happened. So everyone kind of just assumes it was probably a case of mistaken identity, you know, that these dudes were looking for somebody else and they thought it was Dan Rather. And so Dan Rather, being Dan Rather, uh was back on the news like the next night and he said over the weekend as some of you have already heard or read i was assaulted with violence on a manhattan street why and exactly by whom remains unclear and it may never be determined but rumors ran wild and you know it was just like everything from people saying it was a kgb attack to the work of a jealous husband to that straight up Dan Rather had just made it up. Like a lot of people said that he was kind of losing it anyway because he had recently like walked off the air during like, you know, a newscasting and, you know, left them with just a dead airspace. And so people were kind of just like, okay, well maybe he's just fucking losing it. I'll tell you what it was. It was what? aliens. <laughs> That's what I thought too. <laughs> Uh, but that so, does sound like if he walked off air, it sounds like he knew, like there was something going on in his life. It was just weird. And yeah. So people were just kind of like, okay, this dude either made this up or he's going nuts. Like something's up here. Was he all like and, beat to hell when he was on air? 
Yeah, like he, they said his jaw was all swollen and stuff. And like he was getting ready to go overseas. And I can't remember if it was to like Greenland or Iceland. It was somewhere really weird. And it was like a big deal for him to be there to get this story that he was getting. And they were worried that he wasn't going to be able to do this and that and blah, blah, blah. And like it was a huge thing. Like he was beat up pretty bad, but he like pushed through it, obviously, because he was on the news. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So, you know, like I said, everybody had their theories about what had happened, but it, what truly happened remained a mystery for nearly a decade. So fast forwarding here to August 31st, 1994, William Tager shot and killed a man named Campbell Theron Montgomery, who was a 33-year-old technician employed by NBC. Um, Tager had tried to enter the Today Show studios with a gun. The technician, uh, Campbell, saw him and tried to stop him, and because of that, police were able to apprehend Tager, preventing him from, you know, further casualties, basically. But unfortunately, you know, the guy died. Um, As police question Tager, he reveals that he believes that television networks have been monitoring him and beaming messages into his head. And he blamed them for basically everything going wrong in his life. Like he thought that the media was directly affecting his life. Like they thought they were that they were. He thought they were fucking with him, basically, like by sending him messages and him doing shit and him thinking like, you know what I mean? Yeah, just talking to him through the TV. Right. And he he uh, he wanted to stop the them from doing that. And that's why he broke into the Today Show studios and he confessed to attacking Dan Rather for the same reason. But since the five-year statute of limitations had expired, police didn't investigate it, so they never, like, proved it that he did it. Who was the other guy? It never – I was going to get to that. Oh, because, sorry. <laughs> well, it's just weird because everybody reported to – Dan rather remembered there being to this guy – Never mentioned another guy. William Tager never mentioned the other dude. They never figured out who that was or if he was there or what. That makes it even creepier. So, yeah, it does. It's it's just weird because I found everything that I read, like, and I watched actual, like, footage of Dan Rather on the news talking about it. And he said two men. But they only ever got one. And, like, they, some people said that there wasn't, like, that, I guess, somebody said that Dan Rather's, like, bruises and stuff were, like, the work of one guy. Like, they didn't think it was two people. But he reported it being two. And the doorman, or not the doorman, the business, business, fuck, building manager (laughs) reported seeing two as well. That's so weird. So I don't know. It's just one of those weird things. But Dr. Park, and I don't know if I'm saying this right, it's spelled D-I-E-T-Z, 
Dites? Dietz? I don't know. Sorry. Um, He was the forensic psychiatrist who examined William Tager. And he actually reached out to Dan Rather and asked for his side of the story because he wanted to compare it to what William Tager was saying. And both Dan Rather and William Tager knew details about the attack, the attack that only somebody who was personally involved would know. Right. And they showed, they ended up showing Dan Rather a picture of Tager's photo. And he's like, yeah, this is the fucker. So even though he didn't get like charged with that because the police didn't really care. He still found out who it was. Yeah. They, they figured out who it was. Why? So, I'm so confused. Like, why would he call him Kenneth? And what the fuck was the frequency? I don't know. He wanted, that's what he was asking. He wanted the frequency that the messages were being beamed at because he thought if he knew the frequency, he could change it in his mind or switch, you know, switch his frequency, I guess. Weird. It was just super. And he thought Kenneth was the one beaming the messages. It was just a weird deal mm-hmm. from what everything I read. Um, November 29th, 1996, they sentenced William Taggart to 15 to 25 years in New York Sing Sing Prison. And in 2007, he tried for parole and was denied. But in 2010, he tried again and was granted parole. Oh, wow. And I actually read that he... I, I don't know for sure if this is true, but some guy had an article like he had dug up some info on this guy and like read he read that in the court documents that William Tager during his parole hearing said that he wanted to work with children. Oh, my gosh. And like, yeah, but I don't know what he's doing. Like the guy said he couldn't find any information on, you know what he's doing since he's been out of jail. Hopefully he got the help he needed. Yeah. And he's fine. Medicated. Working around children, I don't know that that's a great idea. It's so bizarre. Yeah. That's still so aliens. It's it's so weird and we don't hear, you know, you don't get to hear directly this guy's side of the story. William Tigers. Like, right. he doesn't get to say, you know, he doesn't, he didn't get to tell his side, like, I mean, not that he should be, like, broadcasting it, but, you know. Right, I mean. right, but still. You'd it like would be to interesting to was. hear. Yeah, like, and I'd like to know how he is now. Like, is he on medication and doing better? Like, you know. I wonder if he's, like, changed his name and. I would think. You know, that. but I also. I didn't really know about this until several years ago. I mean, I don't know that a lot of people even really remember or know about this. I mean, I think everybody's kind of heard it, but they don't know, like, the actual right story stuff behind it. Because well, and it's also, like, was it folia do where they shared a psychosis or, yeah, you know, like, two men. I want to know what the other guy's deal is. Because they didn't, he wasn't involved in the, uh, in the murder. Right. It was just. Nobody has ever found out who he is. No, nobody. So he might just be, you know, a crazy guy. Or he may be dead. Yeah, true. I don't know. know. Like, you just never know what happened to him. 
it's just weird that and it's weird too that people give different accounts of what happened like that it was two that it was one like it's just that's weird in itself so have you ever heard the rem song was the frequency kenneth i i've heard of it but i haven't heard the actual song it's about this or i I mean i may have heard it and i just don't remember they said it was based off this because I think, uh, don't quote me on this, but I think the guy from REM's name is Michael Stipe. Yeah, it is. He called it the premier unsolved American surrealist act of the 20th century. Like, it just fascinated him. You know, it was just he's from Athens, Georgia. Oh, is he? Yeah, where we lived. And they he owned a, a building where, like, there's a really popular uh, vegan restaurant called The Grit and he owns the building that The Grit's in and he's like super hippie too yeah Athens Georgia's kind of like the there's a lot of famous like um, the B-52s they're from Athens that's so weird just this you know, weird in, little tiny town I know like when they say in Love Shack we're, we're driving down the Atlanta Highway Atlanta uh-huh. Highway's in Athens that's so weird. Just a little fun fact I had to entertain. <laughs> we like uh, celebrity we fun do. And, Well, and we lived in Athens. I mean, you know, but uh, yeah, we lived in Athens for a few years while my husband was getting his PhD. And it holds a special place in our heart. It's where my, my <laughs> oldest was born. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, they're from the – Oh my gosh, who is, I can't think of their name. Keep talking and I'll find it. <laughs> Another really popular band that I can't remember is from there. Uh, well, I was just going to say to like finish up, like this, this case like of this happening has been like blown up by the media and it was made a really big deal because it was so weird and blah, blah, blah. So who knows, like what the real deal was you know yeah that's super weird and it still it just sounds like i don't know there should be more to the story yeah i want to know like exactly what that guy's i mean obviously it wasn't great he fucking thought that the news was beaming messages into his head i just want to know what he was like where he was at in his life like what was going on with him you know was it just like a mental illness was he on drugs was he you know, what's the deal, man? Yeah. What's up with your friend, too? Where'd you meet him? How'd you get him to attack Dan Rather? That's pretty ballsy. <laughs> I know. That's so, That's like the biggest question I have is what, who was the other fucking guy? That's always my fucking question. I understand, like, you know, it's one thing being crazy by yourself, but, like, how do you pull another dude? How do you approach people and you're just like, hey, you know what would be cool? fucking up Dan Rather like how, who looks at that and is like yeah that sounds great let's count me in I know it's, it's Tuesday that, or what like, that what? shit's fascinating how? and terrifying terrifying like how Cause if somebody was like hey do you want to go beat the shit out of anybody I'd be like oh, well and just the the I don't <laughs> whole everything that happens before that like you have to get into that mindset with somebody and the mind is such a like a fragile thing like you're just so close it's scary to snapping at any second that's what that scares people, me so people snap all the time that's why it's terrifying <laughs> it was widespread panic <laughs> widespread panic is also from athens 
widespread panic. I could not remember that. I kept wanting to say sound guarded. And I was like, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> could not think of it. Yeah, that's super bizarre. I don't know. Yeah, it's just a weird one. It is weird. Um, we're kind of short. Do you want to, you want me to go ahead and ask those other two questions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. You'll like these. What is your favorite conspiracy theory that you actually believe? Oh. Courtney killed Kurt. Yeah, I knew that was going to be it. Mine is Marilyn Monroe was murdered by the CIA. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, you fucking know it. <laughs> like, she, that was not natural. Like, something happened there. And I also I- believe all this conspiracy theories about JFK and Robert Kennedy and I, I we'll get into that in another one too but that's I believe all that shit um oh if it's about the government consider me fucking a believer okay because <laughs> and I don't care what it is government or lizard people sure you know why because our shit's fucked up I could believe anything at this point about Illuminati. our but I'm just, just saying to be clear we do not believe that there are crisis actors <laughs> no, and we don't no, no, believe no. that that shit's set up by the government. I no, just no, have to no. say that before we get some weird fucking people on our tail. I just mean any of like that stuff that's not too, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, our government's into just like MK Ultra and MK Ultra um, was real as shit. Oh yeah, I totally believe that, and it's terrifying. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can be manipulated so easily. Like, your brain, everybody thinks that their brain is so strong and, like, their... Your brain's not shit. It's just, you can snap at any time. No, your brain is a scumbag and will fuck you over. (laughs) I swear to Christ, your brain does not give a shit about you. (laughs) Like, there are some real hard-ass motherfuckers that can withstand, you know, their brain getting fucked with, and those people are, like, really scary people that you don't want to deal with. Probably government officials. Just throwing, you know. Yeah. CIA. <laughs> CIA, please don't come to our houses. <laughs> please H-E-B. don't check my uh, search history because you will lock me up for the rest of my life. Oh, my God. Y- you know, I was just thinking about, like, if anything happens to me and anybody sees my phone, they're going to see that I searched, like, Worst, most gruesome and disgusting torture technique ever used. And well, they're gonna I be mean, like, now we have an excuse. Before, when we were just hobbyists, it was weird. But now we have a podcast. Is it less weird, though? <laughs> I mean, it's still weird, but at least it can be explained as research. <laughs> True. Um, okay, what's the scariest game you've ever played? And it can be video game, board game, it's something um, you made up. I don't care. Oh, gosh. Scariest game I've ever played. I could um, Oh, go ahead. My brother and I used to play, uh, what the fuck is that movie called? With the, mm, shit, 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 shit. What is that one with the town that, like, fades in and out of, uh, Fuck. Oh, and those creepy-ass nurses. Um, oh, Silent oh, Hill? Yes, yeah. shit. 
That video game? I'm no serious fuck. Don't. But it's like so up my alley. I think I would like it, but I'm like so scared of stuff like that. Oh my god, it was scary. I watch people play scary movies, scary games. Like there's one where Conan O'Brien, he has a segment where he plays scary games and like gets really scared and freaked out. I can't even stand to watch it because it's like I'm it's, on edge. And, and let there's me tell also you, I downloaded an app. This is what my answer is. I downloaded an app. And it's the Slender Man game. <gasps> and you're like in the woods and you're walking and you're walking and you're walking. And like sometimes you turn around and he's right there. Like I, I know the game you're fucking talking about. From my phone because I was so freaked out. My brother and I played that on his laptop like forever ago. When I, I think I was still maybe living at home. It's like you had to find the signs. Yeah, the the clues on the paper. Yeah, and like he, and you can go he's everywhere, and if you like stare at him for like more than two seconds or something, you die. And if you play with the sound on, it's I could scary. never play with the sound on. I I did a couple times, but usually I'm playing with the sound off because I'm. My like, heart would legitimately be like pounding out of my fucking chest. Like it was so sus. Like, uh, uh, the suspense. I can't take it. I downloaded that Five Nights at Freddy's and, like, immediately deleted it. (laughs) I can never understand. I can never understand what to do. It's kind of the same premise, I think. Like, you're trying to survive. Hmm. And if you see him, you die. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't even play it because I was like, I can't handle this shit. And there are children who are braver than us. I know. Because... (laughs) I mean, they grew up with that shit. We grew up with, like, dial-up internet. <laughs> it, took, it took 10 minutes to download a page. We didn't have scary We apps. didn't have all these. <laughs> Dude, no. Oh, it's just, I can't handle anything that there's something might be, like, behind me or waiting around the corner. I Like, my biggest fear is shit that jumps at me. Yeah. Or things that are like like seeing something unexpectedly. Yeah, I don't like anything that just pops out of nowhere. It's freaking. No. <sighs> anyway, I can't. I was thinking of like trying to think of made up games, and I can't remember. Like we played like scary games when I was a kid, my brother and I. Yeah. Like made up ones, but I can't remember like specifics about them. But I know we did. We used to play games like. In the dark with flashlight, yeah. like hide and go seek in the dark and stuff, and that was always scary. But it depended on whose house you were at. Yeah, like how scary it actually was. Like my parents live out in the damn sticks, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's pretty scary. <sighs> that's all I got. Those were my last two questions. Oh, are we uh, wrapping this up then? I guess we're wrapping it up. Until next time. Uh-huh. Catch us on. Uh, oh, yeah, social media. We always forget this part. Sorry. I know. Um, our email address is siximpossiblethingspod at gmail.com. Please email us all your weird stories. Um, Literally anything. Yeah. Like, we. We like anything weird, creepy, bizarre. Yeah, um, anything. Follow us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We haven't really been doing much on that, but as we get more followers, we'll see. Yeah, 
we'll do something we'll keep up with it a little bit better. Um, but we're I'm, newbies. Yeah, we're new at this. We're not professional podcasters. No. It took us forever to get the sound right. Oh, um, yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's it. We'll see right. you next week. Bye. Bye.